0: All right, thank you, and good morning to everyone. I'd like to acknowledge the Minister of Public Safety, Mike Ellis, Minister of Mental Health and Addictions, Nick Milliken, Calgary's Mayor, Jody Gondek, and the Chiefs of Calgary and Edmonton Police Services, Chief Mark Newfield and Chief Dale McPhee. It's important that everyone knows that we're all united in our belief that our policing priorities match the safety needs of Albertans. Almost every day, Albertans are waking up to news that someone in their city has been attacked or murdered. These are people's daughters and sons, parents, friends, and loved ones. Enough is enough. Violence in Edmonton and Calgary is getting worse, fueled by drugs, illegal weapons, and the federal revolving door bail policy of catch and release. 26 homicides were committed in the last two years by people on arrest or on release after arrest in Edmonton alone. Serious crimes like robbery and assaults are rising. In Edmonton, the average crime severity index in the downtown core has increased by 29% between July and December of last year. And people are increasingly afraid, especially in downtown cores and on public transit. A recent Ipsos poll showed that one in four Canadians don't feel safe on public transit we refuse to let this situation stand. When we see violence showing its face so fragrantly on a daily basis, when something as essential as public transit becomes a no-go zone, and when entire communities live in fear, a red line has been crossed. The province is prepared to do whatever it takes to restore our cities to safety. Our, Our province has A world-leading approach to addictions and mental health treatment. And we're here for any Albertan trapped in a deadly and destructive spiral of addiction. All Albertans can heal and reach their full potential, and we will be there to help them do so. But no matter what the root cause, we will not compromise on security for all Calgarians and Edmontonians. We will not allow our cities to follow the path of Los Angeles and San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, or Vancouver. Albertans deserve better. Calgarians deserve better than a 46% increase in criminal activity on their C-train stations that instills fear in law-abiding citizens. Edmontonians deserve better than a 75% increase in violent criminal activity on LRT and transit stations. And on this, we stand shoulder to shoulder with the men and women of the Calgary and Edmonton Police Services. So we are responding. I'm told that the most immediate response to making people safe... Block by block, transit station by transit station, community by community, is putting more boots on the ground. And that's why I've directed my ministers to work with the cabinet colleagues and the mayors to train and recruit an additional 100 police officers. Police officers whose sole duty will be to patrol streets and ensure that people are protected. Our government has also been empowering dozens more sheriffs and peace officers to begin getting things back on track. And we're committed to doing even more. The number one job of all governments is to keep the streets safe and protect people. There is no higher priority. I was, re- I was relieved to see yesterday's announcement by the City of Calgary to address safety concerns on the transit system to ensure that people feel confident going to work or getting to their appointments. And I want to thank Mayor Gondek for these actions. Albertans have a right to take public transit without fear. So our government will also be providing $5 million in grants to each of Calgary and Edmonton to clean up the transit stations of debris and garbage. Calgary is doing their part. The province is doing our part. And it's time the federal government did their part. The time for delay is over. And it's time the federal government and the system of catch and release plaguing our communities and reform Canada's bail system. Voices across Canada are growing stronger, demanding change from the federal government. The Canadian Association of Chiefs of Police has requested an urgent meeting with Canada's premiers. We will work with them to support and invest in our frontline officers and continue to keep our communities safe. Momentum for change is building. We will not let up. Albertans will feel safe again and will do whatever it takes to ensure that they do. I would now like to invite Minister Mike Ellis to share more information. Thank you.
1: So thank you all for uh, being here this morning. I just want to take a moment to thank my friend uh, John Orr from the Calgary Police Association for being here today. I know how how important it is to have the support for you and your troops out there. So thank you very much. So, Premier, uh, thank you again to everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, enough's enough. As the Premier mentioned, Alberta's government is taking immediate action. To ensure the safety of Calgarians, Edmontonians and, quite frankly, all Albertans. Prior to my life in uh, public office, I spent 12 years uh, working on the streets of Calgary uh, as a proud member of the Calgary Police Service. And during that time, if there's one thing that is crystal clear, it's that having a stronger police presence is what will make our streets safe. It's not rockin science. An additional 100 police officers in Calgary and Edmonton will make our communities safe. Take back the streets from the violent repeat offenders that are causing chaos in our communities. Every single Albertan deserves to feel safe in their neighbourhood. They deserve to ride transit without fear of physical harm. And they deserve the right to take their kids out and not inhale secondhand crystal meth smoke. These rights are being compromised right before our eyes. Alberta's government and our municipal partners in Calgary and Edmonton are taking significant steps to strengthen public safety, and I applaud that. We'll stop at nothing to ensure the safety of Albertans. Where we have not seen any support is from the federal government. Make no mistake, the crime and disorder that we are seeing on our streets today is a direct result of the Liberal NDP coalition and their dangerous policies. This coalition, led by the Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, has softened and gutted the bail system, creating a revolving door for criminals to come in and out of jail. It has gotten so bad that criminals will be arrested, released, and arrested again, all in the same day. These are not minor charges, these are dangerous, And violent criminals. They are a serious threat to our community. In Edmonton alone, over the past three years since the implementation of this Liberal NDP revolving door bail system, there have been over 3,600 violent occurrences by people who were out on bail. Shockingly, these include nearly 2,200 assaults, all committed by people out on bail. Again, This is a direct result of the Liberal NDP coalition and their revolving door justice policies. And it isn't surprising. These policies have failed in every jurisdiction that they've been tried, from Los Angeles all the way to Vancouver, as the Premier had mentioned. So let me be absolutely clear. We need jail, not bail, for violent offenders. Enough is enough. Citizens of Alberta want to feel safe in their communities, and we're going to do whatever it takes to make that happen. The new boots on the ground that we're announcing today, along with the sheriffs that are currently deployed in Calgary and Edmonton, will go a long way towards keeping our communities safe. This is all part of our fair, firm, and compassionate approach to public safety. So at this time, I'm going to invite my friend Nick Milliken to the podium. Mr. Milliken.
2: So, thank you very much, Minister Ellis, Uh, and good morning, of course, to to everyone here today. My name is Nick Milliken, and I'm excited to be here uh, not only as the Minister of Mental Health and Addiction, but we are currently in the riding of Calgary curry to which I am the MLA. So, welcome, everybody, to the very best riding in all of Alberta. Thank you very much. So, recently, our government promised to move quickly to implement a series of initiatives that reflect our government's fair firm and compassionate approach to mental health and addiction, homelessness, and public safety issues. Fair to the families, communities, and businesses that face these issues every single day, ensuring that the safety of Alberta is our top priority. Firm with the illness of addiction itself and the behaviours of people that are a danger to themselves and others as a result of their drug use. And compassionate To the individuals who are struggling with mental health and addiction who require our care and support in their pursuit of recovery. Now Minister Ellis just uh, spoke to the fair and firm uh, aspects of today's announcement and I'd like to take a minute and expand on how we are continuing to treat people with compassion. Today I'm pleased to announce that Alberta's government is investing nearly $8 million over three years to increase the number of police and crisis teams commonly referred to as PACT teams in Calgary and Edmonton. These teams partner police constables with mental health therapists to respond to mental health-related 911 calls and provide support to officers who respond to calls where mental health challenges are identified. Together, they assess the client's mental health needs and determine what kind of supports is required to ensure the well-being of the individual while also making sure the community is safe. People experiencing mental health challenges need access to care and support, and having mental health therapists alongside officers responding to these calls is an effective way to quickly connect them with the help that they need. With this funding, we are adding 12 new PAC teams in each city. So this will actually double the number of PAC teams in Calgary from 12 to 24, and it will triple the number of PAC teams in Edmonton from 6 to 18. Adding more of these partnerships, police and therapists side by side, will go a long way to keep our communities safe and treat mental health and addiction as health care issues. Because when mental health professionals join with police, we all benefit. We will continue to ensure that police and health services are working closely together to address these social challenges. The nearly $8 million announced today is part of more than $187 million in funding our government has committed to respond to the addiction crisis in Alberta's urban centres. And it's another important step in building strong recovery-oriented systems of care across the province. Calgarians and Edmontonians deserve to be safe in their cities. And Albertans, who are struggling with mental health and addiction issues, deserve to have the treatment available for them so they can enter into recovery. I want to assure Calgarians, Edmontonians, and all Albertans that our work will not stop here. We will continue to take action to address these complex social issues while enhancing public safety. So with that, I would like to now turn it over. I have the privilege of turning it over to Mayor Condick.
3: Thank you very much, Minister Oki, Mbawastich, Dada nastada Tanshe, everyone. Greetings to all of you in the languages of the Treaty 7 signatories and the Métis people. City of Calgary is grateful to see additional resources being committed on the heels of our announcement yesterday. We reiterated at that time that transit is an essential service at the core of any major city, and people should not have to think twice about using it. Council has heard loud and clear that more needs to be done. While we know that this issue is also felt by other Canadian cities experiencing a similar increase in transit violence, this does not take away from the imperative for immediate action in our own city to make the system safer. By investing $65 million between November and March of this year, we have taken steps to recruit and train officers, resulting in an increase in security guards and peace officers. We are stepping up our CCTV surveillance, station cleaning, and repairs and our approach to monitoring transit leads with compassion and offers supports to people experiencing vulnerabilities. We are well aware that the issue of safety in our city requires a multi-pronged approach that balances supporting folks who are in need with clear ways of also addressing violence and criminal behavior. Together with the Calgary Police Service, our transit and peace officer teams collaborate with groups like the DOPE team and other social support organizations to provide a targeted and compassionate response based on the given situation. At this moment in time, where violence has increased, we are grateful to have built a strong partnership with the Calgary Police Service. The additional enforcement that is being offered through CPS works alongside with transit and peace officer teams, as well as crisis response units. Among today's announcements, we are incredibly encouraged to see a focus on doubling the PAC teams, the police and crisis response teams. These are well-equipped teams who can provide assistance to people who are experiencing mental health crises. Additional funds for cleaning of transit sites is also welcome news. As always, I will look to Calgary Police Commission to offer direction to Calgary Police Service. To date, their oversight of CPS has resulted in greater collaboration that leads to call diversion and optimal deployment of resources as well as a clear commitment to embed mental health experts into the crisis response model. And while I respect the desire of the provincial government to better integrate police officers with transit and peace officers— I would like to tell you that we are already doing this. I'm happy to tell you that the professional and trust-based relationship that has been fostered by our teams at the police service, as well as transit and administration in our city, is already doing this work. So I'm happy to be here today and be a part of this announcement. As always, I'm here representing Calgarians with an absolute nonpartisan approach, and I'm grateful for the support that we're receiving. Thank you.
4: Well, thank you, Premier, Minister Zellis, Milliken, um, Mayor Gondek, and of course, my colleague from Edmonton, Chief McPhee. Today's announcement is obviously a welcome one from the perspective of CPS. Alberta cities are not alone in our efforts to address public safety concerns. We're grateful to know that we have your full support. And to the media, as you heard yesterday, throughout 2022 and into this year, much has been done in response to the, to the ongoing safety concerns around transit, transit in, infrastructure. Close partnerships exist, as the Mayor mentioned, between the City of Calgary, between the Calgary Police Commission, Transit Security, and CPS. But from a CPS perspective, the work done includes extra shifts, ongoing proactive patrols, and joint operations with transit peace officers in all of the districts across our cities. In addition to that, there's a number of undercover or covert operations that have resulted in dozens of people facing hundreds of charges for serious drug trafficking, weapons, and serious assaults. In spite of these extensive efforts we continue to hear from Calgarians and our officers on the ground that the problem persists and that more is required. Our service will work with our city and provincial and community partners to address the evolving situation and to make our transit and all public spaces safer for Calgarians. We welcome all supports. We welcome all supports as we do this while at the same time managing the competing demands of a growing city. Additional frontline officers will be a welcomed addition to directly address the situation on the ground while Cal- where Calgarians need to see their police most. The resources committed for partnerships such as PACT, where clinicians work with officers, as you heard from Minister Milliken, will help to connect people who are ill with the health health services that they require. Through PACT and other important partnerships, we, re- we remain committed, as we've continued to say, to leading with services and compassion, but we have seen that that isn't enough. Many of those who are committing crimes and causing concerns with behavior in public spaces spaces have become entrenched, and many have become resistant to offers of service and are refusing to cooperate with those in authority. For those people, consequences are an important part of the equation toward behavioral change. Police have a role to play in enforcement, and the courts have a role to play in holding people to account for the danger and damage they cause. As you may have heard, the Alberta Association of Chiefs of Police, the Canadian Association of Chiefs of Police, along with other police and public safety leaders, called upon government for bail reform. This is another critical piece of this puzzle. Just as there is a role for pre-charge diversion to social supports, there is also a place for post-charge and judicial diversion into programs that better address root causes, while still holding people accountable for their current-day impact on our communities. There is no single solution to solving our current issues, By working together at all levels of government and with all community and social sector partners, I'm confident we will achieve our goal of making public spaces, including transit infrastructure, safe and inviting for all Albertans. With that, I'll turn it over to my colleague, Chief McPhee.
5: Premier Smith, Minister Zellis, Mr. Milliken, Mayor Gondek, my colleague, Mark. First of all, thank you for having us up from Edmonton today. And I want to take a minute just to thank the provincial government for this investment. And more important, a step in dealing with some of the escalating violence, as you've heard, in Edmonton and Calgary and across our province. I have said before, and I will reiterate today, this, isn't about, this is about building a multidimensional response to safety. The investments that the government has made in our VODP program, Health IM, to deal with people in mental health crisis, Addictions, recovery, gangs, pact, and here more, I believe will put us in a strong position to catch up with a crisis that we've been dealing with for some time that's escalated on the response of COVID. But now I want to deal with today's announcement. March 15th, we did a joint press release in Edmonton on our stats. Some of those of which you've heard today were as follows. 31.4% increase in calls for service for police and transit. Violent calls for service increase of 52.8. And approximately 70% of that violence was unprovoked random attacks on our transit system, leaving some of our citizens with serious injury. The day after this, we lost two of our officers in an unthinkable in an unimaginable act of violence. We have been saying in Edmonton for the last year and a half since this escalation has started that we need a new approach. Many ask, why do we need more frontline officers? Well, let me share yesterday's highlights in the city of Edmonton to give you a bit of a perspective. We arrested a person in transit carrying a replica handgun and a crossbow Two members went to a convenience store and were attacked by a man with an axe where non-lethal force was used to subdue him and arrest him. Police attended a call shortly after with a male. They arrived. One of the officers was punched in the face. And then we responded to a female that was in trouble being beat up. And again, the person wanted to fight. I want to be clear here, although we've talked lots in the province in this country about social issues, including myself, such as housing and mental health and addictions. And although the pact and the cleanliness is much needed and certainly will help with those that are struggling, this is about safety and it's about accountability. Thank you to the Premier. Thank you, the province, for standing up and stepping up on safety. We all know that you don't have well-being without safety. And everybody here agrees. It's time for action and time to do something different. And a service that's extremely grieving right now, we see this as a positive step to protecting the citizens of our city, protecting the people as mentioned by the Premier and the ministers and Chief Neufeld and Mayor Gondek. People have the right to enjoy their freedoms. They have the right to travel on transit, walk our streets without a sphere of safety. Today, we'll take a big step in helping us build a plan as quickly as we can with our partners to addressing some of these gaps. Thank you very much.
6: Thank you, everybody. We do have a lot of questions. I ask that you line up through the mic so everybody can hear you. One question, one follow-up. Please your name and your outlet. I do have to go to the phones at some point, so we'll try and get through as many questions as we can. Go ahead.
7: A uh, question for Mayor Gondek. Kean with the counter signal. Uh, just a few Months ago, a handful of months ago, you were fighting tooth and nail again against increasing the police budget, and you were actively supporting defund the police rhetoric. I'm just wondering when you realized that police forces were not optional. Did it take you know the random stabbings, wives getting stabbed, police officers getting killed to realize that it was important to fund police departments? And how can Calgarians trust you when you flip flop on basic issues like public safety? I guess I could ask a follow-up to Premier Smith. Uh, you talked about the bail reforms. Um, do, do you speak with the federal government at all about uh, p- p- uh, self-defense laws and you know things like pepper spray being illegal? Do you think that the federal government needs to step up and let Canadians know that defending yourself while you're being attacked is something that you should be able to do?
0: Well, when you hear the kind of stories that you just heard from uh, Chief McPhee, I, I don't think we want to be creating a situation where people are taking safety into their own hands. These are dangerous, dangerous people that are on the streets and that are on transit. And so our first option is putting officers on the street to make sure that just with the police presence and with the ability to divert either to jail or to uh, to treatment, that we're going to be able to to, to resolve this problem. It worked once before. Uh, back in uh, when when Mayor Bronkanye was mayor, as well as when uh, Police Chief Hanson was here, they they put more officers on the street, and we were able to break the back of crime. So that's what we're going to do. I'll uh, turn it over to Minister Ellis, though, because he has had some constructive conversations about bail reform with uh, both uh, his, with his counterparts as well as with uh, Justice Minister Tyler Chandro.
1: Thank you, Premier. Um, uh, in regards to bear spray specifically, that was a discussion that came up uh, not uh, too long ago. Uh, obviously, we've left that in the hands of the uh, the federal government as it pertains to the criminal code. Um, so just a little context, maybe I can help because uh, I know there's a lineup here in regards to, to questions. So myself and uh, Minister Shandro, along with every other public safety and um, uh, justice minister in Canada, were asked to come to Ottawa not too long ago. Uh, Again, this was in regards to the bail system. Uh, What we're experiencing here in Calgary at Edmonton is not unique. This is what is occurring right across Canada. And every province, regardless of your political stripe, raised significant issues regarding the system itself and how it was broken. Uh, To give you a little explanation on how it was broken, uh, there was a bill in 2019 called Bill C-75. Just to put it in very simple terms, the federal government lowered the bar as it comes when it comes to bail, and as a result of that, the violent repeat criminal offenders uh, were being released into the street. Uh, our position was this: in Alberta, which is unless you make uh, immediate and substantive changes to the criminal code, we will be asking that Bill C75 be repealed. Now, I will say this: devil will always be in the details. But we do have a commitment from the federal government uh, to all uh, uh, ministers in public safety and justice right across Canada that they will be making some changes, um, substantive and immediate in this session of parliament. But again, we're at a wait and seat approach. And that's why we have to take action now. Though, Thank you.
6: Go ahead.
4: Darren Krells with LiveWire Calgary. Uh, I'm just wondering, I'm not sure who this question is for, but can you clarify is the provincial funding for officers that have already been planned or budgeted?
1: So, um, certainly we're going to be working with our counterparts in the other ministries uh, to make sure that we, uh, they have the funds in order to, to do that. Of course, we do have funding uh, that is available in public safety. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're our plan right now is to work with both police services, uh, to work with the department itself, uh, to do whatever it takes to make sure that we get um, uh, the money uh, that's going to fund those officers and get them hired right away. Obviously, there's you have to hire and you have to do these operationally. They need to do what they have to do. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're working with the department to make sure that we're ready to go on this.
4: So I'm assuming these officers are new. So my follow-up question would be, is this money going to be in the provincial budget moving forward or is this something that's going to be passed down to the cities to pay... From here on in,
1: we're not passing it down to the cities to pay. All
3: right. Next journalist. Hey, Alana Smith, Globe and Mail. Uh, I think this question is for Minister Ellis, but maybe also for Mayor Gondek. Uh, I'm just wondering if you had any conversations or consultations with the Calgary Police Commission, and if not, why and why aren't they here at the presser?
1: So, the Calgary Police Commission uh, reached out to me yesterday. Um, I offered a conversation uh, with them. They had a number of issues uh, that they wanted to talk about. Um, Um, we're planning to meet next week quite frankly
3: so just to clarify there were no consultations before today's press conference no and i don't know if mayor Gondak wants to speak to that what i can tell you is that as a city we rely on our police commission um, very heavily to provide oversight and feedback to us when they have um, questions of how council can be of assistance we have instated um Regular meetings with commission to make sure that they're being heard and seen. Uh, they are the representatives of the Calgary Police Service. We don't wish to interfere with what they do. We know that they provide direction, and um, I do hope that the province is staying connected with them. But I wouldn't know about the outreach that's taken place. Thank you. Thanks. My second question is for the premier. I wonder if you can tell us who's covering the legal costs of your potential legal action against CBC.
0: The uh, the party.
2: Hello, uh, Brody Thomas with Post Media. Uh, I'm just wondering, first of all, are are there any strings attached to this money? Do we know, um, will these officers have to be on the ground? Is there any stipulation about that?
1: Yeah, obviously when you uh, write a grant, um, we certainly have the ability to, um, I guess using your words, put strings attached. Um, The objective here is to make sure that there's a visible presence on the streets of Calgary that uh, there is a visible presence on uh, the LRT. So um, again, um, you know, nothing's been written yet, but we'll we'll, we'll be making sure that uh, these officers are going to be seen by the citizens of Calgary and Edmonton.
2: And just as a follow-up, I'm wondering, uh, what's the timeline for this? How soon will these officers be here?
1: Well, I mean, uh, you know, unfortunately, there aren't 50 or, sorry, say 100 unemployed police officers, you know, sitting on the wayside. So obviously you're going to be working with the Calgary and uh, Edmonton city police to make sure that, uh, you know, whether they have to restructure or it becomes a hiring process. So I'll just say this, I mean, you know, sooner the better, you know, that's, that's really the feedback that I'm getting from the citizens of of, uh, both Calgary and Edmonton and Alberta quite frankly.
4: Thanks, Jordan, with CTV News. A question for Chief Newfeld, if I may. It's a bit off topic, but it has to do with public safety. And Yesterday, there was a series of stabbings through downtown Calgary and into the East Village. Uh, can you provide any updates on that? And can you just take us through what transpired through that 25 minutes or so? You know, I would say this, Jordan, and thanks very much for this. It's ironic that we were having the conversation yesterday at City Hall about safety on transit and other public spaces. And we get out in the car and we're driving back to the police station and we hear about this Uh, Situation that's happened downtown. I can tell you, I don't know the motivation. The investigation is still ongoing, but what I can tell you is this it does appear to be random. It does appear to be that an individual was in a public space, a very crowded public space in Calgary that we all enjoy being around, and that individual ended up coming into contact with a number of other people that he did not know, stabbed a number of those people, and tried to steal a purse from somebody along the way. What I can tell you. That's really important about this is two things. One is that individual was out on bail. That individual was out for another serious crime at the time that that happened, with conditions not to possess knives, and that's what he used to stab Calgarians. So there's that piece. The second piece is, and it warms my heart actually to have the discussion that we're having today about the appreciation for the work that officers do, because without going into into uh, deep detail. I am so thankful for the officers who were in the area when that happened, who flooded that area, who located that mail, and entered into a very dynamic situation to separate that individual from the knife he used to harm those people. Uh, He's still walking and talking, he's being interviewed, and he will be charged, but excellent work by the officers on the street, and Dale talked about what the officers from Edmonton are doing, and it wasn't that long ago, this was not the tone of the conversation, and we were looking at everything we could to keep officers out of doing the job we need them to do. And like I say, I, I wish it were not so in terms of some of the things, horrific things that have happened. But I'm looking forward to an appreciation uh, in the in the tone and, and discourse around the job of police officers because they do an excellent job. Thank you. Thank
1: you. Hi there, Mark here with CTV Calgary. Uh, this is a question for uh, Minister Ellis or perhaps uh, Chief Neufeld. Uh when it comes to the 100 officers here, just wondering where we will get these officers and how recruitment has been going. Um, is there a willingness for people to sign up to become a police officer, just given the increase in violence, given these defund the police movements? If, if you could just speak to that side of things.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll pass it over to Chief McPhee after. I can tell you in the city of Calgary, uh, we have more applications than we have ever had for people wanting to become police officers, believe it or not. They see value in the work that the police do. They want to be some uh, part of something bigger and larger than themselves and to have an impact. So we have great applicants coming forward. So as far as that goes, we are hiring uh, steady right now as quickly as we possibly can and putting police officers back out on the street sort of post-COVID. And uh, I'll turn it over to Chief McPhee just to talk about how it's going in Edmonton.
5: Yeah, I mean, so, uh, just a bit of a different uh, context in Edmonton. Our recruiting is way down, and I think that's basically based on the sentiment of sometimes of the community, which is obviously different in Edmonton and Calgary. And uh, But I will say, as weird as this sounds and as heartfelt as this is, since we've lost our two officers, our recruitings went through the roof, uh, which I wouldn't have predicted. So what we saw, and probably as a result of this in Edmonton, is the literally thousands and thousands of Edmontonians lining the streets, writing letters, going up to officers, telling them about that appreciation. Let's face it, they've been through two and a half, three years, as Mark articulated. What wasn't very good. It was actually very hard at sometimes to put the uniform on and do the job when some of your kids and everything else are being pointed out in school it's nice to see that community back. And that's something that I think is that galvanizing point that we need to move forward. And as uh, Chief Neufeld said, full-on recruiting here, we need to fill bodies. Uh, can we move and redeploy others in until we backfill them through recruiting? But if you look at uh, recruiting in North America right now, for the most part, it's significantly down as a, as, a, as a result of this. And it's a down at a time when we need police more than we ever have.
1: And just a really quick follow-up. Uh, there's 100 officers being added here. How will the split work? Will it be 50 in Calgary, 50 in Edmonton? And uh, is this enough? I mean, if we speak to, you say it's 50 50 officers here in Calgary over 18 months, that's roughly, what, three officers a month. Is that is that enough to combat the uh, the increase in violence we've been seeing at these transit stations? <laughs> well, that's that's the million-dollar question, isn't it, right? So, um, you know what? We're going to allow these uh, wonderful officers here to operationally, which I have full trust in both Calgary and Edmonton Police Service, to oper- operationally See if this is going to make that difference. Um, you know, again, you know, the sheriffs that we were able to deploy, I would say, has made a difference. And as I've said in previous press conferences, um, the feedback I get mostly from Calgary and Edmontons is we want more. Could we have more? Um, we're going as fast as we can. Uh, I will let uh, those folks, uh, meaning Calgary and Edmonton, let me know if more is required. But as the Premier has said, as I have said, it you know, we'll do whatever it takes. I also just want to further just add to what the two chiefs have said. This is when you support the police, then this is what this is the difference, right? This is when you get the public to say, yes, we support you. We love you. We thank you for everything that you do. And then that's when you have the applications, the recruiting, when you cast them aside, when you shun them, when you think that, um, you know, they're the problem, then what happens? Right then then, those nobody wants to apply because who would want that job, right? So we've taken that paradigm shift. And You've heard me say this before. The paradigm shift is this. We are not going to be seen in Alberta, as far as law enforcement is concerned, as an arm of the state. We are going to be seen as an extension of the community, a reflection of the community. And when you look at that shift, then this is what you get when you get people applying for this type of job.
4: Adam, we'll go to you, and then I have to hit the phone lines.
1: Uh, <clears throat> Adam McVicker with uh, Global News. Uh, I guess
7: my first question about costs to the province. Do we know how much this will cost, and is this new money that
1: needs to be approved? So, um, rough math, right, is we're going to say probably about $15 million uh, is uh, what we're looking at here. Um, If you average about 100 officers, about $150,000 per officer, Again, that's the rough math. Um, right now, we have the department uh, looking to see what we have. Uh, but if it requires us going back to Treasury Board to get some more, then of course, that's what we're going to do. But again, as what we were, one of your previous colleagues had indicated, we're not going to download this onto the uh, municipalities. Again, we are going to do whatever it takes to make sure Albertans are safe.
7: Um, my next question is, you know, it will take time for these officers to come online. So what will be the support like in the interim? I know we have the sheriffs out right now until the end of May. So what's the interim support like? Well,
1: you know, I mean, I'll let chief, uh, the both chiefs, uh, and even if the mayor wants to come in, but I mean, like, look, the, 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 um, uh, the mayor and the chief uh, of police yesterday obviously came up with uh, a plan. Um, we'll, we'll uh, you know, I've seen some officers in this LRT station here right behind us right now as far as security officers. Um, we've seen people uh, already doing uh, some work in there. I know there's a lot of work to to be done, um, and you know what? We'll, we'll, we as the Alberta government, as far as I'm concerned, as uh, you know, Minister of Public Safety, I mean, we're going to take a wait and see. We're going to monitor the situation, but again, we're going to do whatever it takes to support um, support public safety. I don't know if the chief wants to supplement or. Do to want?
3: Just to reiterate something that um, both Chief and I mentioned yesterday, when you have the ability to deploy effectively, um, Chief will be working with his teams to deploy officers where they're most in need. Um, And because we have added resources, we've doubled resources on the security guard side, we have increased transit officers, we'll be able to deploy them to the places that Um, service members are leaving. So I think it's an engaged and collaborative approach where the person that's most needed at that point in time is able to be there. Chief, is there anything you want to add?
4: I don't think a ton, but just to say, building on what we talked about yesterday, we know that the addition of security guards, many people have said, well, how is that going to be helpful? It's helpful because it gives us flexibility and added strength right away. Not the same um, not the same uh, authorities to be able to accomplish what a police officer or a transit peace officer could do. But I think when you have a thoughtful approach as the mayor uh, as the mayor alluded, you look at trying to take some ground with perhaps police resources if you need to, and then you bring in after that with the other resources that you had. if you If you don't do that, then you need police to do all of this. And concurrently, we're working on planning the World Petroleum Congress. We've got a large contingent of officers working on that. We are certainly very concerned about what's going on on transit. We're fully engaged in that. But we also have the whole city to police. So I think this is a good plan to basically use all the resources to get the right people at the right places when they need to be.
6: All right, operator, let's go to
3: the first call. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Chief.
4: Just uh, just to add that because Edmonton
5: has had somewhat of a collaborative approach here for the last little while. I think this allows us to go further. Obviously, this needs a police presence, but the other things such as the video, uh, the ability to do comms jointly, the ability with the authorities that come underneath the responsibility of the police, there's a real opportunity here probably to be a lot more effective and a lot more efficient, which will give a better service to everybody that's uh, using these services.
6: All right, operator, go ahead.
5: Thank you. Arthur Green,
7: Western Standard.
6: First of all, I'd like to thank you guys for, uh, for doing this and listening to the, the people of Alberta's Voices. Um, my first question is for Chief McVee. Um, You know, you talked about how crime on transit rose by 70%. Um, I've spoken to officers, uh, their names are withheld, of course, but the city of Edmonton's transit bylaw was changed on July fifth, twenty 2021, uh, to delete the loitering provision from the conduct of transit passengers bylaw 8353. I mean, uh, we, we saw over the winter and even today that the transit stations in Edmonton uh, continue to be taken over by the homeless and uh, drug addicts and drug dealers. Um, I mean, without the bylaw, no one can be held accountable for the problems that Edmonton Transit is essentially facing. So, um, do you think that the city
5: of Edmonton needs to reinstate this bylaw to help with enforcement? Well, that's—I uh, think that's a bit of a simplified question. But if you look at the bylaw, what you're talking about is lawful placement, and anybody in the execution of their duties needs lawful placement. That was amended somewhat. Uh, is it maybe the same as it what it used to be? No. But I think the other piece of this is that I got to give the province a lot of credit to Is we also have to have a place to take people. And I think when you look at start the recovery oriented system of care and going back to what Minister Ellis equated to the federal government, our police services in our province right now have a MOU from Prosecutions Canada that they will not simply charge for simple possession anymore unless there's some exigent circumstances. So when you lose that ability to lay that charge... And you talk about a bylaw, is a bylaw really going to deal with a person that's got drug addiction? And when did open-air drug use actually become lawful? I think it's basically social will versus lawful. So when we actually start to build this out in the next phase, there may be uh, some of the things in relation to Portugal, in relation to legislation, to give the ability with uh, some emphasis for the individual with the addiction to choose a health solution. Not sure the bylaws going to solve that quite frankly bylaws sometimes are simplified Uh, I think what this is is that social will and the fact is that we got to deal with each individual differently But today there's never been a requirement for us to deal with violence and violent people and Reality is to deal with that. You need to be there You need to be present and to be there and be present means that you need a staffing model that goes beyond 5 o'clock, that's joint, and that has a plan that you're going to be everywhere you need to be led by data. So I know I didn't really answer your question 100%. I don't think the bylaw is the ultimate answer. Did it not help us when it, came, when it changed? You bet it didn't, but I think we're past that, and we need to find the mechanism to deal with this more effectively going... Uh, forward, which is holding the violent offenders accountable and getting the people that are addicted into the health system, much like we're doing with the VODP program, health IM, and other things that are coming online uh, with the province right now, with a place where we can house people in this facility so they can get the medical health attention that they need. Arthur, do you have a follow up?
6: I do. Uh, this is for Minister Ellis. We uh, we talked about, or you talked about Bill t seventy five that was passed in two thousand nineteen. And, you know, it was passed to modernize and streamline bail procedures, but, uh, you know, it it inadvertently caused more repeat offenders to end up on the streets. And, you know, I've spoken to many officers throughout rural Alberta and in Alberta, like the RCMP, and, you know, they say they see the same people for the same crimes uh, weekly. And, and, you know, this bill has enabled criminals to get get bail easier. And then we see protesters who... uh, you know, who don't get bail. Um, will there be, like, I know Canada's criminal justice system is shared responsibility of the provinces and the federal government, but will Alberta, like, lobby the federal government for a legislative bill reform that gives more weight to those who, like, we deem as chronic
3: offenders?
1: Well, like I said, the devil will be in the details. The federal government has made a commitment to all the provinces that, um, you know, they're going to make substantive and uh, immediate changes to the criminal code. Uh, Again, what what that is specifically going to look like, um, I don't know. We're going to all find out uh, probably at the, the same time, Arthur.
6: Operator, can we go to our last caller, please?
7: Thank you.
1: Safe
8: Kaiser, Global News. Hi, uh, good afternoon. First question for the Public Safety Minister, uh, Minister Mike Ellis, the 100 new officers. I'm wondering between recruitment, training, deployment, when will people actually see those boots on the ground and will they be specifically assigned to downtown or transit safety? And maybe uh, Chief Sleufeld and uh, McPhee can explain what that process may look like.
1: Yeah, I I think, to be honest with you, Safe. I think the chiefs are probably best to uh, explain the the process, we'll say, when it comes to kind of that recruit and and, uh, the training and when you can actually see that. Um, again I get, have to commend the the city of Calgary to you know where they have taken these sort of intermediate uh, measures understanding that public safety is extremely important and you know as chief uh, newfeld uh, rightly articulated um, you know the, maybe the security officers may not have that, that same authority uh, but that presence uh, is hopefully going to make uh, make a difference and uh, certainly that um, you know observe and report and make sure that we get the the uh, law enforcement officers, uh, the police from the, both Calgary and Edmonton uh, to deal with whatever crisis is going on in an expedited way, I think is vitally important. And all, quite frankly, on the other hand, too, when they're dealing with somebody who might be in uh, sort of a mental health or addictions crisis, making sure those necessary supports are out there to help people. You know, I just want to just let me build on this a bit safe, right? There's some folks out there that believe that sometimes you know, there's uh, a choice to be made between public safety and helping those who are are most vulnerable. Actually, there is no choice that needs to be made. You can help people with uh, mental health and addictions issues, people who are vulnerable, and you can also have a safe community regarding public safety. So with that, maybe I'll ask one of the chiefs to step in.
4: if it's a great question. I wish there was an answer. I could tell you a date that you would see those officers. Essentially, what happens is officers are brought in. We're hiring uh, 135, targeted to hire 135 officers this year. That's the number we hired last year, and for the Calgary Police Service, that's our capacity right now, given ranges and driving tracks and uh, other um, assets that we need to do that work. So again, we're going to be recruiting and training uh, as quickly as we can. We were fortunate to have some support from the Calgary Police Commission and Council. So we have some officers that we're hiring now to increase. So basically, we will hire up to the maximum. uh, And then now we will hire up to the maximum plus 50, given this announcement today. What needs to be factored into that as well is what attrition you get each year and this type of thing. So you can imagine there's there's a calculation that gets modeled out. But I can tell you that the reality of it is this is such a high priority that Calgarians will see more police officers on transit and in public spaces addressing these issues right now. Uh, and then we will, when we get all fully staffed up, everything will get normalized again. But for Calgarians uh, looking for some relief, you'll see that right away.
6: And a follow-up, safe?
8: Yeah, uh, bear with me. Uh, just a bit of context here. So yesterday I put out a letter uh, from the Canadian Association of Chiefs of Police requesting an urgent meeting with premiers across the country. And they say there's a just like a violence, guns, gangs, drugs, and a lack of accountability, one of their major points being the fact that they say, Dale, reform is urgently needed. So first, for uh, for Chiefs uh, Dale McPhee and Mark Neufeld, what you guys as chiefs hope for and expect from this meeting with the premiers, and uh, what does that outcome look like from the letter? And then once they answer, I'm hoping the premier could chime in and tell us whether that's something that you as premier can, can help to do.
5: Yeah, I, certainly. Uh, I'll give you the premise. I'm not going to speak about what the expected outcome is, because The point of that request was to actually have that conversation with the premiers and not, obviously, through the media. But we've lost nine officers in Canada, eight of violence, eight of which were murdered over the last six months. Those are looking like U.S. numbers. And the reality is the accountability uh, or lack thereof accountability is not acceptable anymore. And when you look at what we're seeing in relation to gun proliferation, what we're seeing in relation to some of the things in relation to drugs, talking to some of our colleagues in BC and some of the state in relation to going in some of the directions are we want an urgent conversation. Why with the premiers? Because, you know, other than the RCMP, policing is a provincial responsibility. And even with the RCMP on the provincial contracts, it is a provincial responsibility. So we need to, Rather than just talk to the federal government, which you know not going to use the words, but the frustration that 's felt right now at that level about having a more pointed conversation to deal with some of these things, you saw some of the numbers that will release in relation to bail and bail reform and, and other uh, states are release. This is a conversation we want now. Because policing is a critical pinnacle of safety in any community. We don't say we're more valuable than health. We don't say we're more valuable than social services. We say we're at the centre with all of our partners together. And if we don't address some of these things, Canada right now, and particularly you've heard a lot about Alberta, is not trending in a positive direction when it comes to safety. So... That was the premise of uh, that letter and our hope is that we'll get met with uh, a response that hopefully we can have that meeting sooner or later and we can... uh, sooner versus later and we can uh, 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 release those results of some of those things that we discussed through a joint statement. But something's got to change because the current isn't working.
0: When the uh, officer in Ontario was murdered... Premier Doug Ford contacted personally all the premiers and asked to write a joint letter to change the rules around around bail. What we want to see is that it should be reverse onus. It should be if you are violent, you've committed uh, an offense that has harmed somebody else, you should be making the case about why you should be released. It shouldn't be an automatic. And one of the things that uh, that struck me that Minister or that uh, Chief McPhee shared with me a few weeks ago with some of the stats for Edmonton alone, and we've shared them here, but they are stark. He uh, he showed me what the world looked like in repeat offenders on violent crimes prior to this change versus post this change, and that's why he knows that we've seen 26 homicides conduct- that are committed by people who should otherwise have been kept behind bars. the uh, The number of prolific violent offenders. There's a a small handful of prolific violent offenders who are committing these crimes over and over and over again. And it's adding hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of additional assaults onto uh, onto law-abiding citizens on the streets. Um, I'm hopeful that we can get some of the similar statistics in Calgary so that we can take this information to the federal government and say, look at what happened before, look what's happened after. This is unacceptable. That's why we are focused so much on... Uh, And not only ensuring that we have the officers on the street, that's important, but we also have to have a diversion for those who are open to and able to get into treatment. But there also has to just, this third part of this stool is that we have to make sure that the the really bad, prolific, violent offenders who are causing harm day in, day out are kept behind bars. And so that's the last piece we're going to, to truly make our community safe. And I'm happy to work with all of the premiers on that. Thanks, everyone.
4: The Premier just asked, uh, she said you'd like to have the stats from Calgary. So of 45 (laughs) persons charged with homicides in 2021, 2022, and 2023, year to date, at least 23 were on release at the time of those offences, so that's nearly 50%. Seven of them were bound by firearms prohibitions at the time, and two of them had just recently completed parole terms and were no longer bound. So half of the people that were charged with murder in the last two years and the first quarter of 2023 were on release at the time they committed the crime.
8: Thanks, everybody.